Yes, yes, yes. We made it this far by God's grace. By his grace. God is so good. He is so faithful. I'm so happy and honored to be here today to deliver the word. The fortress of recovery. The fortress of recovery. Uh, congratulations to all of the awardees and to all who have contributed to so many uh, fantastic ways that we're still connecting with everyone around us. We're still giving, we're still providing uh, for our church family and our community. And it is amazing to be a part of a ministry who is still keeping on, keeping on, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> we are still moving forward with the call of God on this ministry um, I do want to just reiterate the scripture for today. Thank you, Janae, so much for reading it so powerfully. Again, I'm going to speak to you today about God being a fortress of recovery. This is a very powerful psalm, and I, I hope that after this word, you would turn to it in those times of trouble. Psalm 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and, from, and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy place where the most high dwells, reminds you of Psalm 91. Verse 5, God is within her, she will not fail, God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse 8, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, and he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 10, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Listen, I'm so excited about sharing this word of hope with you today. We know that Psalms are those places in the text when we can go and we don't know what to say or what to pray. Uh, David penned some amazing words. Uh, this particular psalm is one of 55 psalms that were written to the chief musician. And so we see so many things in this particular text. We see both hope, we see the strength of God, but we also see reality. We see the mountains, the earthquakes, the fire natos as we're seeing right now. We see so many things happening in our midst, 
but David is giving us a point of view of victory. He is giving us not only a poetic stance for who our God is and what our God does in those times of struggle, in those times of trouble, but he also gives us some instructions. The one scripture verse that we hear so often is be still and know that I am God. It's almost like David is writing and then he hears the voice of God and he goes into what God would be saying in the midst of these troubling times and these trials. And he reflects what heaven is saying to earth and what God is thinking and what God is saying. And those words, be still and know that I am God. They resound in our heart. They resound in our mind. We can't predict what will happen next. We can't prevent the earthquakes that are coming. We can't make the hurricane season go away, but we know that God is God. And because of that, we can be still and know no matter what, that he is God. And so when we think about this text, I want to frame today as we continue the series about recovery that God is in fact a fortress of recovery. Let's pray for a moment. God, thank you for giving us hope in the midst of these trials. Thank you for sending your word years and years ago so that on today, in this season, in 2020, we could read Psalm 46 and not only understand that these things are going to happen, God, but that in the midst of those things, you are our fortress. God, let these words penetrate the hearts of your people, bring them hope, bring them gladness, bring them even happiness and contentment as we think about how blessed we are, God. God, you receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we think about the text and kind of begin to think about what a fortress is and what recovery is, Again, the title of this message is that God is a fortress of recovery. If we were to define recovery, we would understand that recovery is defined as the action or process of regaining possession or control of something that was stolen or lost. So I'm getting something back. I'm going back to take back something that was mine the whole time. I don't know about you, but I found myself in these days grabbing my joy back, recovering my joy, recovering the strength of God, recovering those things that keep me going, my hobbies, the things that I love to do. I got to go back and grab some of those things because if not, I will become consumed with what is happening in the world. But how many of you know that we are in the world, we're not of the world. And so today we're talking about a kingdom perspective. We're talking about being seated with Christ and looking down from his perspective. Because if I stay here on the ground and all I do is watch Fox News and CNN and MSNBC, then I become surrounded by the problems and the troubles of this world. But raise your hand right there in your living room if you want to give God praise for him never changing, for him being a fortress of recovery. He is 
is our God. He is our strong tower. He is everything we need in this season. See, God knew that all of these things were going to happen. All we have to do is stay in God. See, if God is my fortress and he, wait a minute, let me, let me, let me, let me define fortress for you. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) A fortress is a refuge. According to the Greek interpretation of this word in that specific text, the refuge is, I'm sorry, the refuge is a fortress. Hear this, God is a high place. The interpretation of that word says that he's the high place. He is a retreat and he is a stronghold. God is a defense. And hear this last definition. He is a lofty or inaccessible place. He is an inaccessible place. He's in such a high place that trouble can't get to him. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. (laughs) Because when everything else is looking crazy and chaotic in this world, All I need to do to get my little self together is to get in the presence of God. If he is an inaccessible place, if he is a fortress and a place of refuge for us, then all we need to do is find ourselves in him. Because if I'm seated with him, if I'm seated with Christ, then I'm able to hear what God is saying. I'm able to hear my father's heartbeat. The closer in proximity and posture that I can find myself in God, the better I'm going to be. See, because if he's a lofty and inaccessible place, a fortress, a high place, come on, a stronghold, If if I can understand who God really is, then all I need to do is get in his presence. I need to stay as close to him as possible because if trouble cannot touch him, guess what? Trouble cannot touch me. Okay, yeah, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense right now because it seems like every time we recover from one thing in 2020, something else comes. And every time we get over one thing, somebody else passes away. And every time we get past one political issue, then here comes another one. There's one shooting and then there's another shooting. Every time we recover, something else comes along. But David is reminding us in this psalm. See, he already said all these things were going to happen. He said that nations and kingdoms would fall. He reminded us in this scripture that there would be earthquakes, all kinds of natural disasters. And though these things may come and though these things are a reality, it does not mean that it is my truth. See, my truth is based on the word of God. My truth is not based on me. It's based on who God is. Somebody type, he is my fortress of recovery. Come on, let that sink in. God is my fortress of recovery. Before I get into my points, I want to point something out about Psalm 46. See, David is speaking to us from a place of knowledge, right? A place of knowledge of what God has already done in his life and who God has already been in his life. So when I look at the news and when I hear the latest tragedy and when I see the next 
hurricane and the earthquake that happened two days ago in California, when I find out that somebody's relative passed from COVID, when I hear all of these things, I need to remember what God has already done. See, if we go back to the scripture, we look and we see that David makes a declaration. He is, he is speaking from a place of faith. So my point number one is that recovery comes by faith. Come on, somebody type that. Tell your neighbor, there's recovery in my faith. Recovery comes by faith. It comes through faith. We know what Hebrews 11 and 1 says to us about that definition of faith. (laughs) It's the substance of things that we hope for, and it's the evidence of things we have not yet seen. But see, my faith can even go to a greater level when I remember what I have seen. See, David has already encountered God many times, helping him fight lions and bears and (laughs) killing Goliath. David understands that it was his worship, it was his intimacy, it was his ability to run to the fortress who is God. That was his memory. See, my faith is propelled forward when I remember what God has done in my life. I remember times, and I remember 9-11 happening, being in my college dorm room and watching that second plane go into the, the building. I remember what that felt like. I remember all the phone lines being down. I remember tragedy after tragedy happening in my life. But I also remember that every single time, God has been my fortress. There has not been one moment that God has left me or forsaken me. And see, David spoke from that same perspective. I want you to know today that when we see all of these things, we have to remember that it is our faith that separates us from others. So what does that mean? That means that I can't be on the phone with people who don't have faith and who are speaking things that are against my faith. I have to be on the phone with people saying, you know, God is about to do something amazing because all of the calamity and trouble around us, God must be getting ready to rise up and roar in the earth. God must be sending a revival in this land. If God is doing all of this or allowing all of this to happen, there must be something amazing getting ready to occur on this earth. Come on, somebody. Heaven is getting ready. (laughs) Heaven is getting ready to release something into this earth. And so I need you to think like that. I need you to speak like that. I need you to understand that you got to remember what God has already done. He has already done the miraculous in your life. And when you remember that you're able to speak to a situation, to speak to an atmosphere in a different way, because you're remembering what God did. Again, in verse 1, David spoke it from a place of victory, understanding that God was his refuge. He said, he declared, he did not assume, he declared it. He said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. He said in verse 4, there is a river whose streams made glad in the city of God. He said in verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. He said in verse 9, he makes wars cease. And then he goes on to tell us in verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. Hear that word is. (laughs) See, it doesn't matter what it looks like. God is with me. 
Come on, somebody say, there's faith, recovery in my faith. Somebody type, God is with me. Oh, make it personal. He's right here with me. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He sees everything. None of this that's happening in our lives right now is a surprise from God. Even David knew that, and he spoke in a present tense, God is with me. Come on, I need you to understand point number one is that recovery is in your faith. Point number two is that recovery is in your words. See, do you know that your faith and your words and your behaviors are connected? (laughs) Whatever you believe about God is what you're going to speak is what you're going to do. Yes, whatever you believe about your life right now, about this world, about these United States, that deals with your thinking and your faith. The object or the goal in this situation is to fix your faith on the word of God. Somebody type fix your faith, fix your faith. You might have been doubting and you might be a little bit off right now because we're not meeting on Sundays and you don't maybe get to talk and meet with friends as much. But see, God is giving all of us an opportunity to individually get it together. I remember thinking last night when I was reading over this and I said, you know, there are times when, you know, a father needs to speak to his child individually. I grew up in a house, it was five of us, and I remember times my mother would come and sit all five of us down and she would speak to us about something specific, such as not throwing pillows or not uh, eating up all the food or whatever it was. But I also remember times where my mother would call me into her bedroom and she would sit me down and she would speak to me individually about some things. See, I believe that we are in a season where daddy, God, Abba, father, he needs to talk to you by yourself. (laughs) Come on, somebody. He needs to tell you a little bit more about your posture and your positioning in this season because he's preparing you for something. See, we're used to coming in and being comfortable and going to the meetings and doing all of the things in person, and and we're used to that, and we've been leaning on that, but God is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to speak to you privately. See, David, who wrote this psalm, he knows all about that. He knows about being alone and worshiping, (laughs) shepherding, while his brothers were out doing who knows what. He remembers that that's part of what qualified him. It was his heart and his intimacy that he had with God. See, God knew that he could trust David because they had had several conversations. And hence, we see this playing out in all of these beautiful and symbolic psalms that David wrote. We can see the relationship. We can experience the relationship. And therefore, when his pen hit the paper, he was able to write and he's able to speak based on intimacy, based on that proximity with his father. And here we are in 2020 with these words being so true to what we are experiencing today. That is the beautiful 
powerful part about the word of God. It doesn't matter what year you read it. <laughs> it doesn't even matter who penned it. <laughs> Come on, it's a hope that never fails us. It's a living word. It's a two-edged sword that can cut its way through any situation, any pandemic, any political unrest, any racial tension. It's a powerful word, so powerful that all you have to do is pick up the Bible and turn to any page and you're going to get a word. That's how powerful God is. God is our fortress. He is a refuge. He is a place of intimacy. He is a comforter. He is everything that we need to survive this season of our lives. Not only does recovery come through my faith, it comes through my words, but point number three, it comes in my rest. And how do we know that? If we go back to the song, we hear those words again, be still and know that I am God. If we are to survive this pandemic, if we are to survive not being able to come to the house of the Lord until it's safe, if we are going to be able to survive doing distance learning while working full time, somebody keep praying for your pastor and his wife. If we are going to survive these times of wanting to be outside and at all the events and, and, and being lonely and sometimes desolate and filling those spaces with, uh, with, with whatever we're filling it with. Hopefully it's something holy. Listen, if we're going to survive this season, it is going to be because of our faith, because of our words. And hear this one, because of our rest. Let me talk to you about rest because you're probably asking yourself, be still and know that I am God. I hear that it sounds incredible. And you know what? I'm going to write that on my post-it note and put it on my bathroom window, <laughs> on my bathroom mirror, because I want to read every morning, you know, be still and know that I am God. But see, if you don't understand what that means, it's not going to help you. We got to understand what still means in this season. See, what still meant to all of us last year this time does not mean what still means today. Because we're in a totally different situation. And so I, I propose to you a story from my past about stillness. I will never forget, I ran track as a sprinter for the University of Maryland East, Eastern Shore. I'll never forget the day that I was on the track. I was practicing the four by one. I'm assuming that I either did not warm up enough or stretch enough. And I had these big, huge hamstrings. I mean, I lifted so much weight on those things. I never even imagined that I could have gotten injured, but I was on the back straightaway, and I was practicing the four by one. I took off from my stance, and I pulled my hamstring. It was the most excruciating pain I could ever describe to you. Literally feels like someone pulls your muscle. It was excruciating pain, but here is my point. From the day that I limped off of that track and went into the trainer's office, I was hoping I hadn't pulled my hamstring, but I had pulled it, which means I would, was injured. Just like some of us entered 2020 at our prime, we were ready to go, and it was the year of vision, and we were all excited, and we got on the track, and we were ready to run. And all of a sudden, here comes COVID-19. 
all the kids have to go home. Parents don't know what they're going to do. People losing their jobs. Political unrest. Then we had George Floyd. Then we had the, the countless others that we can begin to name. We had what seems like pandemic after pandemic after pandemic. Now people are dying. My brother Chadwick Bozeman, he's gone. Come on, I could go on and on and on about all of the things that we are encountering, the injuries that we are suffering right now. We're limping, we're, we're trying our best to get to that finish line, but it just seems like every time I recover, something else comes and then I have to recover again. And I'm still dealing with the trauma of what happened the last time. So I get to the trainer's office and I get the bad news that yes, I have in fact pulled my hamstring. The beautiful part about God is that I can't even remember which hamstring I pulled. Like today, I cannot remember. Come on, that's a sermon all in itself right there. Come on, the trauma is no longer with me because of God. It's because of my proximity to him. But here's what I want to tell you. It was because I rested. You may be wondering, well, how do we rest with all of this racial tension around us? And how can I sit down when all of this is happening to my brothers and my sisters? And how can I sit back and just simply watch the news and do nothing? Here's the thing. My coach put me in what we call in athletics, active rest. Come on, somebody type in active rest. Active rest is when an athlete has an injury and whoever is helping to heal them puts them in a space of rest but does not allow them to go backwards. See, even in my active rest, I could barely walk on my leg. But see, a few weeks after that, after icing and getting into ice baths, and I don't recommend that for anybody, but every single day I had to get in these ice baths. My God. Okay, now the trauma's coming back. Heal me, Lord. Keep me healed. I want to stay healed, God. <sighs> yes. Even in the midst of my injury, I still had to be active. See, I wasn't able, I had to watch my other teammates. Somebody had to take my spot. Come on, on the four by one. <laughs> but don't you know that I got back in there after active rest and after allowing my body to heal, I even came back better than I was the first time. After my hamstring pulled, I ran after college. I did a little bit of semi-pro. I had some PRs that I never imagined that I could have reached. But it was because in the season when I followed the instructions of my trainer and my coach, I was able to rest but stay active. And so I'm presenting to you that be still and know that I am God does not mean literally sit down and do nothing. Be still and know that I am God means rest but be active. Well, how do we be active? We read our word. We declare the word of God every morning. We watch the news, but we don't let it overtake us. We're not in church, but we still tune in. We still stay connected. We go out and we vote. We share positive messages via video or social media. We connect in with people who have no one there with them. Come on, there's a way that we can be still and know that, we are God, that he is God, but still be in God's will. Be still and know that I am God does not mean sit down and do nothing. It means I'm seeking the Lord about what I'm doing in this season, even if it is learning how to knit. I believe in even in learning how to knit, God can speak to me. I believe that God is our fortress of recovery. 
And that as we rest in the stronghold of God, as we rest in that tower that is God, if we rest in that high place who is God, if we stay in that lofty and inaccessible place that we can be covered by God in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every tribulation, none of us can guarantee what will happen next. But what we can guarantee is that God will be God. Somebody type that. Come on, God will be God. It's not the next person that we elect. Hear me. Hear what I'm saying. Do not fall into the trap of putting your trust in any man. (laughs) If we weren't on live, I would say some other things. But please don't put your hope in any one man who will run this one country. Please understand that there is an entire globe out there, come on, that still needs what's inside of you. And so, yes, we get out and we we participate in active rest by voting and by campaigning and by completing our assignment in whatever system you're in, whether it's arts or education or just being a grandparent and helping the parents out in this season. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, please understand that our trust is not in one man. It is in our God. It's important to keep our perspective in this season as kingdom citizens and sons and daughters of God. So as I close, I remind you that David wrote Psalm 46 from a place of victory. He he was not ignoring what would happen around him, what was happening around him. He spoke regardless from a place of authority and victory. He declared that God is our fortress. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for every single psalm that was penned to give us a symbolic and a musical uh, connotation that we can grab hold of, a, a, a place of imagery where we can see, God, that even when you utter, when you speak, when you open your mouth, <laughs> the scripture said the whole earth melts. My God, what, what imagery, what imagery that is. God, we thank you for these words that we can turn to and remember and connect with other stories about David that we remember. And thank you for giving us, God, the living word today, that stream that David talked about, that living water, God. We thank you for being alive with us today. We thank you for literally being right here with all, beside all of us at the same time. You are an amazing God. And God, we covenant today, Lord, to Get back into that closet of prayer and that place of worship, that secret place, that high place, that strong tower, God. That inaccessible place where trouble cannot meet us. It cannot cannot touch us, God, because we are in you. So we thank you, Lord, that in the midst of all that 2020 dealt us, (laughs) we're going to take those cards and play the best, best hand we can play, God. God, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We call you holy, magnificent, omnipotent, powerful, Abba Father, friend, lover of my soul. God, you are everything I need. 
Now, God, bless each and every household. God, I declare inex inaccessible covering this week. I, I declare a joy that makes absolutely no sense. I declare that you are our strength, that you are our joy. And in those moments that we encounter this week, we will go right back to you. We will stay in you, God. We will dwell in that secret place. We will dwell in that high place, God. We will not allow the world and what's happening around us to cause us high blood pressure and anxiety. I come against every sickness and disease right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the blood of Jesus over every household represented on this video, God. I thank you that your healing hand is upon us. And God, we thank you for being a place of recovery and a place of refuge, for being a fortress of recovery. In Jesus' name we pray. People of God said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He is a good God. He is a faithful God. He is an awesome God. Camper, we love you. We pray that you would continue to tune into the website for all of the upcoming events, movie night and cooking night, as well as your pastor's birthday this week. We pray that you would continue to just allow God to keep you, to not try to figure it all out, and to just stay in him. That's all you need to be doing. That active rest, just staying in him. We love you all, and we will see you all this week. Amen.